I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Geno Thorpe exits the Syracuse basketball program, citing personal reasons. The Qs has handed their first loss of the season against number two Kansas in the Hoop Hall Miami Invitational. The Orange took care of business, though, rebounding with a win against UConn at Madison Square Garden. And Maddie Moyer says, Geno Thorpe who? All of that, plus Colgate comes to the Loud House this Saturday at 2 p.m. to take on the Orange. We'll preview that game for you. Let's go. Make some noise, Orange fans. It's time for the Juice Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Juice Nation podcast. All right, what's up, Juice Nation? Thanks for tuning in to episode 42 of the Juice Nation podcast. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, and YouTube. I'm Sean alongside my good buddy, Joe. Joe, what's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, bud? Not a whole lot. So, um, quickly, in um, in some non-related SU news, and we were going to record last night, but we we waited a day, and a couple of things actually came out today that I'm kind of glad we waited. One of which was Coach Hopkins, uh, Washington Huskies take out number two Kansas. Um, handily, really. And they only had, Graham only scored three points. I didn't see the game. Um, I just saw the headline this morning. So, um, I mean, good for them. That's his first big, huge upset. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than that. So, congrats to him on that. All right, Joe. So, Syracuse was handed the first loss of the season against Kansas. Um, you know, it was kind of it was kind of pretty much exactly what we thought it was going to be. They did, the Kansas, you know, they covered the spread and then some. But I wish we'd have kept it within that at least. But it was a game, especially um, a rally in the second half. So yeah, um, it was just Graham scoring thirty five points. It was it was just we couldn't match that. We couldn't match it. The dude couldn't miss. No, he was on fire. Yeah, he was. That's- you know how that goes. As a Syracuse fan, you know how that goes. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. In Kansas, like we talked about on last podcast, they're, they rely on the three-point shoot, um, shooting for scoring and um, kind of knew that they were going to shoot a lot of them, just hoping they were going to miss um, more than they did. So, But they ended up shooting 31 um, three-pointers in the game, shot 35.5%, but um believe Graham went, what, 7-13? At some point, he was 7-11. Um, yeah, and we just didn't. 
my personal opinion is I think that we just didn't play aggressive enough on offense in the beginning of the game. Um, I think we settled for too many outside jumpers. and um, A lot of missed opportunities because the defense was actually stopping Kansas. And you're right, going back down at the end of the court, we were coming up empty as well, and we, we just never got ahead. Right, and they it took a while for Kansas to figure it out. Um, that's why when we, when we play teams like that who aren't used to playing against our zone, we have to, especially number two, Kansas, we have to be able to start fast, uh, be able to take advantage of the fact that it's going to take them you know, a quarter of the game to, uh, to get used to you know, our, our zone and maybe start to break it down a little bit. Uh, and we didn't. So they ended up shoot. I think we were still what, within four or five, maybe three, four or five, um, with about four or five minutes left in the first half. And then Graham went on that tear at the end of the first half. Hit three and in a row, then, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And they, they got up to a 14-point uh, lead at halftime. And then come out of the second half, and they extend the lead to a 20. I think it was 20 or 22 was the most. And then, like you said, lo and behold, we make a run and – um, got it within seven with 15, 14, 15 minutes to go. So I mean, we we had a chance to, to turn that. And then, like you said, Devontae Graham took over again. Yeah, and, he, uh, he just couldn't miss. Um, at, right. at the half, Syracuse had more turnovers than they had field goals. Yeah. Uh, 12 yeah. to 5. One thing that SU does come out of this game with is they're still – looking awesome on the rebounds. They they outboarded Kansas 36 to 31. And yeah. O'Shea Brissett with 9 of those. And um you know, one short of a double-double, but you know, it's a it's a really good team versus our really young team. It was the first game um after, you know, Geno Thorpe decided uh he was going going to um exit the program. So do you think the departure of Geno Thorpe, not necessarily in this game or anything like that, but looking down the road with the team, um, do you think it's going to have any effect on them at all come conference play? Or do you think that he just played so little that it, it didn't make a huge difference either way? I uh, think... We, we never really got to see him... That's the thing, because we're never going to know. Right, man. I mean, he, he, brought, he, got, he came in, and I was looking at it with him getting injured... And being, uh, you know, a fifth-year graduate uh, senior coming from, he's already played at two different schools. So I was looking at him like he was, and knowing that Howard was going to start alongside Battle. I'm just, a, I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, and with the injury and the preseason and everything like that, it's going to take time. But I was looking at him to kind of be that guy that could maybe step in and maybe make this, yeah, maybe make this team a little bit better on the offensive end and be a boost near the end of the year to kind of maybe pushed his team over the edge a little bit better, you know, once he actually fit in and, um, he never really did. So I don't think we're ever really going to know. Um, so essentially it's pretty much the same situation except for now it's just Howard Washington and he's not proven and he's a true freshman. So, right. Exactly. You know, so uh, it's good. I mean, we're never going to know and Howard Washington's going to have to play. Yeah. So, we're going to have to go down that road and that journey with him <laughs> as being that guy that's going to have to step up and have to play some. Probably, most likely, there's going to be times where he's going to have to step up and play some major minutes in important games. So, um, Shooting 29 coming into that game, 29% from the three-point line. They missed 
21 of the 27 threes they attempted against Kansas. It's 22%. Yeah. So um, it's the two stats, though, Joe, that we we talked about going into Kansas. We talked about they, they are not really um, excelling at the three, which is obvious, it's, you know, but also defending the three. Any yeah. any type of any type of outside shooter is really getting to take advantage of Syracuse, and you know it's like that with the zone, like you've mentioned before. But also, for whatever reason, it, there's a lot of ball chasing, and it's just when when you get to a certain amount of passes, then this zone just collapse, and then they are just they are sprinting to the arc <laughs> to yeah. to try to put up a hand and get in the way. Oh yeah, and it's, they're getting they're getting raped on it big time. It's getting you know teams are taking advantage of that. So yeah, well, how about the alley-oops? Yeah, well, that's true. You and I talked about that too, but that's a that's another long team. Like we discussed, I, I don't. That's gonna that could be a problem against another big team. So it just really depends on the size of the team, I believe. But that was exposed, though. It was yeah. You get a good pass in the in the right spot, and you can expose it. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it's an easy and, two. It's an easy two. Right, and I believe Frank Howard did get in foul trouble. Right, Frank Howard got in foul trouble. Sadibi got a little banged up. Um, so I mean, we weren't even really, you know, all systems blasting. Let's be honest. I mean, we didn't. Nobody expected us to win this game, and no, honestly, right. it made me, like you said, with the run in the second half, I was actually excited. Oh, I was, you know, I was, I was the, loving every second of that. At the end of the day, you're but, talking about a team with four true freshmen playing, uh, redshirt freshmen playing for the first time. Chukwu has been, he had to sit out, and then last year with his detached retina and everything, like, you know, he he's kind of rather new, you know. So we have so many new people that I mean, we have Howard and Battle that are out there knowing what they're doing. Everybody else is just kind of learning on the fly and getting gaining the experience on the fly and when you have a team like that you can only assume that it's good people are going to get more comfortable and the confidence is going to go up and they're going only going to get better so um yeah, there's absolutely. some there's some experienced teams out there some some years where they're coming in off the off season hot like like flying high you know they've been playing with each other for a couple of years or expected and some teams are actually better in the beginning of the year than they are at the end of the year because They've been there for so many years, maxed out their effort, and there's other behind-the-scenes things and, you know, maybe some injuries, some stuff like that. You're talking about a team that, you know, like we talked about, competition kind of helps out teams. And you saw that uh, with Matthew Moyer against UConn, you know, like there's minutes to be had. And you're either going to play like poop and Jim Beheim's going to take you out or yeah. – Somebody else is going to step up. Well, so. all right. Well, let's talk about UConn. So, you know, we were just talking about Gino Thorpe being a guard, but Matthew Moyer being a uh, a forward, six eight two twenty, made his presence known for the first time of the year, and he stepped up. And uh, you know, that's really good for for someone like him to be stepping up like that. Another freshman, and um, both him and. O'Shea Brissett really stepped up in that game. Um, yeah. um, now, we, we'll talk about Howard's, you know, issues in a little bit during that game. We mentioned him a little bit before, but um, who was it? Uh, who's, what's the coach? Kevin, Kevin Ollie? Kevin Ollie, yeah. Uh, he, he was said in his post-press conference, two freshmen beat us 
They're really good freshmen, but they're not that good. We can't allow those freshmen to take over the game, and that's exactly what they did. Um, now, he might have a point with... He might have a point with Moyer. Moyer hasn't showed himself all season, but O'Shea Brissett is, you know, he's almost averaging a double-double a game. So, I mean, he is that good. Maybe he's not that good, but he's that good. Yeah. He I did what he does. Again, this is one of those things where I talked about with you. I think this is one of those things where it's just an example, I think, of media taking something out of context, really. Yeah, well, we've got a lot of salty fans, though, that are going to be... Yeah, you're right, but when I hear that, what I hear is that he acknowledged that they were good, but I think he was talking more about the fact of them actually losing the game because because those two freshmen, like, basically saying they're good freshmen, but they aren't good to the point where they should be taking over and being the reason why we lose to Syracuse. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. If it was battle, if it was Howard, somebody experienced somebody where you saw it coming, then that's one thing. But Matthew Moore played 36 minutes and 18, went crazy. 18 and points. How many games this year have we seen him make a couple bad whoop? Yeah. And Beheim put his butt right on the bench, put uh, Mark in, and Matt Moyer might not even see the rest of the game. He played 36 or 40 minutes. So, I mean, he was on fire, and that was very kind of un. It's not what he does, you know. I mean, I don't think any – I think every Syracuse fan is probably amazed at what they saw because he hasn't shown any of that. No, so, but, but, you know, obviously has <laughs> the, the potential, though. You, right, you know and I think, I think when, when, the reason he said it – Kevin Alley said it twice in his quote was because I think he wanted to acknowledge the fact that they were good, but I think what he was saying was that – those two players shouldn't be able to take over your team like that and be the reason you lost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I don't think it. he was trying to throw shade on them and, and try to, you know, because I think that's why he acknowledged that they were good twice. That's just my personal opinion about it. I mean, everyone can have their opinion, but I just think that's a way the media sways something to make it sound something worse than it isn't. Because I guarantee you, Kevin Ollie would love to have both of those guys on his team. So, oh, I'm sure, but you know, you got. I mean, he, maybe he was, you know, not feeling it with Matthew Moore. What those tipping? He had two tipping dunks. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, he was I all think, over the place. I think it's a frustration, basically. That, that's what I'm saying, though. But tra- translation of that is, man, you can't let those guys beat you. Man, you let those guys beat you. Like, you know what I mean? So right. he tried. And that's that, kind of. I got you. I got you. You know, if but it was Howard and Battle, he'd be like, "Oh, you know, two experienced guys, yeah. they, the best players on their team, did good." But, I'd be offended. Nah, <laughs> Snowflake. Sorry, Snowflake. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I think I thought it. I thought it was a douchey th- thing to say. So, I mean, I like just I said, read you the quote, though. So I mean, I think I think it was a little douchey, but. But I get you. I get you. The media loves to razzle people, and mm-hmm. they love razzing the Syracuse fans. Our media oh God, loves razzing. It's not very hard to do. No, so. it's not. <laughs> it's not very hard to do. But you know, the fan comes out in you though when you get protective when you when you hear some, uh, you know, an outside coach say something like that. You know what I'm saying? You know so. what I say? I say, move on. We beat you. Move on. Oh, I don't even oh, hear that. Totally, totally, totally. Um, so we we mentioned Moyer. He played great. Howard yeah. Howard had uh, Howard Frank Howard had his 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 worst game. He had like nine turnovers or something like that. Uh, we kind of talked whoa. about that. We kind of talked about that a little bit. But you know, at the end of the game, he had three turnovers. 
They actually allowed Connecticut to kind of make a, 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 a run briefly. So my question is, why didn't Battle have the ball? You know, do, do we need to worry about Frank Howard with the ball at the end of the end of a tight game like that? Should we worry about that? Was this a one-off? I mean, what? What do you think? No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, no, I was never really... They were making a comeback, but I was never really nervous because I think that the guys that needed to make plays were eventually going to make plays. And we were out-rebounding them so well. It's just they're... Five points, too, for for Frank Howard. Yeah. Well, they're a smaller team, um, and they were playing really, really aggressive defense, and they were actually, you know, double-team trying to crowd... I mean, they were basically trying to keep the ball away from battle. You know, you saw ball denial all over the place and they were playing hard. And that's basically, that's going to happen, but you need to have one of those guys step up, you know? So should we be worried? I don't think so. But again, these are just kind of growing pains with, with Frank Howard, you know, just like he jumped from what he was last year to what he started out this year. Well, now he's playing some of the bigger boys. Now he's playing, I mean, UConn might not be, a big team, but they usually have pretty, pretty um, gritty guards that play pretty good defense, well, you, and you they're could, hard. You could see the length of Syracuse exposing UConn, especially in the beginning of that game. I mean, all the stolen passes and in the you know out rebounding the hell out of them. I mean, right? You know, it wasn't even it wasn't even. You could just see on the court the difference. And well, I, it, it seemed to ahead. level out though for, after you know the first half. It seemed to the second half. It was up 14, back down to 9. I mean. Right. Yeah. But. I, I think that there was just certain people that could score, and that's kind of what, what was going on. You know, uh, there's a lot of, I think there was a lot of going to the free throw line anyway. I mean, but, yeah, 33. We made 24, 33, 72%. But uh, my worry about Frank Howard, and this is, when you talk about length, yeah, we're going to get the rebounds and stuff like that. But, um when you have a taller point guard and then you play a lot of these other schools and so I mean, traditionally in smaller schools, point guards are a little bit smaller than six, five, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you get some tough, gritty, hard nosed guards that love to play defense and love to get up, like it's kind of easy they get under them. You know what I mean? Because they're six, five. So they're tall. So they're down lower, closer to the ball, closer to being able to take off angles and getting underneath them and stuff like that. So there's a lot of times where taller point guards do have problems with them. Um, with some smaller point guards, but are good at defense. You know what I mean? And I yeah. think that's one of those things that Frank Howard might have to, uh, to figure out because um, a lot of good teams are going to have those type of players. Yeah. And, and I like, you know, he's going to, he's going to get better too. Everybody's going to get better. I mean, let, right. let's, let's be honest. The team is right. way ahead, leaps and bounds ahead of where we were last year at this time. Now um, you got Chukwu constantly Woo-hoo. in foul trouble. This, this guy is constantly in foul trouble. Yeah. Um, and now you've got Sidibe, possibly, you know, could he might not play against Colgate, I guess. I would almost just sit him for Colgate if he's if he's iffy because they've got a whole week off between Colgate and Georgetown. Yeah. So, but, you know, throwing uh, Dolezal in there at center, it, it's not, I don't, <laughs> it's not ideal, but it's not terrible. It's not terrible. They are negative six, though, with him at center. If you got... Here's the best lineup we got. Chukwu, Moyer, Brissett, Battle, Howard, plus 16. Say that again. Chukwu, Moyer, Brissett, mm-hmm. and then Battle and Howard at guard, plus So six- the starters. Yeah, plus 16. But Sidibe, Brissett, 
Dolorzai battle in Howard is also plus 16. Yeah. Um, Chuku Brissett Dolorzai battle in Howard is plus 17. Sadibi Moyer Brissett battle in Howard is plus 22. Okay. Interchangeable, man. Yeah, that's really good. That's yeah. I just I just rattled off four one two three yeah four combinations, and they all work so far this year. They've all worked. Now, when you put but but go ahead. But what? Okay, go ahead. I was just gonna what, say. What I was gonna say is throwing Dolazai in there at center, and Moyer and Brissett at forward, and Howard Battle is negative six. And well, then, they were playing. Well, I I know I know, but that's that's the that's when you throw um, what American. It's almost easier to say American, isn't it? It is, I mean, but it, that's that's a skewed stat. That so. that's a skewed stat. You're right. You're right. But because that's only one game with one appearance with that lineup, and all the other lineups you're talking about starter yeah. lineups and main main lineups against teams that they've beaten by twenty yeah, points. Put it this way: in order, I rattled them off. It's seventy-two minutes. 56 minutes, 48 minutes, and then the plus 22 with Sidibe Moyer Brissett battle and Howard is is 22 minutes. Yeah. So that's probably just a couple games on that one even. Um, yeah. But the rest, you say it's a skewed stat, but the rest are all all under 10 minutes. Every other combo is under 10 minutes. So right. Um. So the 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 good chunk is is you know solid for the beginning of the year. So right. It's, it's pretty interchangeable. I mean, it's not bad, but. As Dolzai is as as a center, uh, it looks like you might have to lean on that a little bit if um, if Chuku is going to be in foul trouble, and you know we really don't know what's going on with Sadibi yet either. He already had an yeah. knee injury, and then he then he had an ankle injury. I think he just needs rest more than anything, like you said. I think it would be smart to be able to sit him because I think we'll be okay against Colgate. <laughs> so, yeah, I would I would sit him against Colgate. Um, all right, anything else on UConn? Anything else you notice when I go over? No. The one thing, though, that I would like to add about that Kevin Ollie thing is that uh, I think he's got to kind of wake wake up a little bit and realize that he's not in the Big East anymore <laughs> and that his uh, national championship was pretty far away. So this AAC is kind of ruining UConn. You can kind of see it with some of the recruits. They're not getting the length that they got before, and um, I don't know. I think what you that that quote that you said was a lot of Kevin Ollie and his frustration coming out. So, yeah, it probably was. And I mean, I get it, but I mean, I don't know. It's just a watered down. It's 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 just it's kind of it's a watered down version of what it used to be, you know. So they want to call it rivalries, and we're going to play. But at the end of the day, this AAC isn't a basketball league, and I mean, they were talking about it on in the game, too, that UConn's got to figure out a way to try to get back to the Big East so they can try to save their basketball. Because if they stay in AAC, their whole their whole athletic program might just fall fall apart. So it's just when I just, you, you know, they showed the six overtime clip and everything and used to just remember how good a good a matchups and rivalry it was. And it's just not it's not the same. And you can even see it with their players, you know. It's so. not the same. Well, you know, you got the you got a couple of the the big ones from the Big East. Um, that well, yeah, you do. Stayed. But the big with with everyone moving to the ACC and the Big East kind of getting split up, and then the teams from the Big East that didn't go to the ACC or the Big Ten, and they still have 
a football team in Division One. They formed into the AAC, and it's just it's hurt all their their basketball programs. I mean, I know St. John's has beaten us the past couple of years in George, but St. John's, Georgetown. I mean, Georgetown beat us last year. That was the right. last time I can remember, though. No, I know, but what I'm saying is that you know those teams are falling off as far as the recruiting and and how good they are. That, and I mean, other than maybe Villanova, that that conference is is awful because even the Big yeah. East is strong. You know, I mean, you got, you got. I mean, it's it's not as like it was. No way. I mean, ACC's running away with the with the talent. If you want to talk right. about, you want to talk about the best, the best. I mean, hell, even in football, the ACC is becoming one of the best conferences in football. Yeah. They're, they're 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 far ahead in in basketball, in my opinion. They have the best teams: right. UVA, Virginia Tech. Uh, not Syracuse past couple of years, but Syracuse is coming back on, coming off sanctions. And you've got um, Duke, North Carolina, uh, Notre Dame. Notre yeah. Dame lost. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. No, no, yeah, but I'm I'm saying as far as like Georgetown, Saint John, the traditional, you know. Oh, it's I mean, those days are done, man. Those days. No, are done. I mean Villano- Villanova was the top dog that kind of, you know, they stayed where they were. They were more the probably one of the more consistent, better teams. I mean, over the years, and um, I mean, but there was a couple years after we left where they're trying to figure it out, and I mean, Big East got so bad so fast that Xavier and Creighton joined it, and they were the second and third best teams in the league, just like that. So yeah, well, you got Butler in there too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, those are like it's not, the top four teams. That's Villanova and those three, you know. Yeah, and it's like Villanova. I mean, just what are you going to do it. now? You get to turn on Fox Sports News and watch that Big East rivalry of Creighton versus Xavier. Yeah, it's just like forcing. <laughs> it's kind of like forcing the Duke Syracuse rivalry. Yeah, you know when we yeah. came in, we were all of a sudden rivals with Duke, and and you know it's kind of a rivalry, but it's more of a rivalry like for you and I, I guess, because of my brother, who's a Duke yeah. fan. So well, like, I mean, there's that. Ser- but... Yeah, that, I mean that makes it. That's just that's the cherry on top right there. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. But uh, there's a lot of things. There's the fact that Beheim and Shusevsky they coach together, and it's a lot of it has to do with. Um, the, the talent the, and the level of play. I mean, really, well, the, games the, the talent, and the, the talent, and the level of play, and everything that happened the first couple times that we met. I mean, or you know that they met. It's you always I mean? come down. I mean, these have been like on. They've been single ridiculous. Digit wins. I mean, look at how much better Duke was than us last year, and we beat them at home in a buzzer beater from Gillen. You know, a bank shot. You know, yeah, and I'll never and forget the Matt, get, Matt Park call on that. Right, and then we get the, the the I think it was the first year, the second year, where you get Bayheim gets teed up, throws his jacket down in Duke, you know, and and then they have the game up in Syracuse, and it breaks like the all time whatever campus record for you know what I mean? Like yeah. I think I think if I think that rivalry is actually real, probably more real for Syracuse because I think once you leave a conference, you're kind of grabbing for one, you know. Well, these guys aren't our rivals anymore, so let's we're, they're grabbing for one, you know. Yeah, and it's easy. Still got it's some easy big to, East teams in there, though. Well, yeah, we got some that came, but they were never really our rivals from over there. True. You know, Louisville came in the, to the Big East late, and, and Notre Dame. Who knows? Are they in? Are they out? Independent, whatever. You know, so who knows? But the way that that those games happened and how 
competitive they were and the things that happened and just the circumstances and the fact that we're grasping onto one. At the end of the day, with Duke fans, their biggest rivalry is going to be North, North Carolina, Carolina yeah. no matter what. Exactly. But at the same time, the the orange caught their attention pretty pretty quick. Yeah. I guarantee I you that. I think we're 500 since we've gotten in the conference. Right. So, you know, and I just want those games to be good. And it seems like it's just the matchup and the coaching, and it's just it's the fire in the belly, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you said, Duke was some, you know, we were a subpar team last year playing Duke because it was another elite team last year, and we beat them. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's just, the, it's, it's, it's just, it's amazing. And I, the ACC, I was so, I was so weary and hesitant about the ACC move um, because of just because of Duke and North Carolina in the, in the well we haven't beaten North Carolina yet since we've been in the ACC by the way but <laughs> but but the 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 competition within the ACC is all of those games are so much fun to watch yeah you know what i mean yeah i just ACC basketball is like just skyrocketed since Louisville Syracuse i mean Pitt i mean who else was there Notre Dame Notre Dame yeah, since those since that crew came up, man, they 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 bolstered the ACC up ab- above what it was before. There's no doubt about that. That those those teams coming in helped that conference big time. Oh yeah, I mean, when we came in, it was just Syracuse, Notre Dame, Louisville. We were all pretty much perennial top twenty five teams. Yeah. That's right. You know, yeah. So best conference in basketball. All right. I don't know how we got on that rant, but we did. Boom. Uh, uh, so we're going this Saturday. Colgate, old Colgate's coming to the to the dome. Um, what, no. do we, what do we What do we need to know about Colgate, Joe? You tell us. What are we looking for? Uh, the number one toothpaste on the market. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. I'll tell you that. No. We're going to make these jokes and we're going to lose. So. Oh, don't put that shade on me, man. <laughs> no. What um, do you got? Honestly, it's one of those t- Colgate. I don't. I know. I don't, I know. I don't know too much about it. I'm looking at their schedule right now. It's not have very they played impressive. Yet? What's that? I said, have they played yet? Yeah, they played. They're three and five. Their okay. wins are against Cornell, um, Columbia, and UMBC, whatever that means. And um, <laughs> their losses are they lost uh, at Connecticut by 12, at Boston College by four, at Albany by six, and at Binghamton and at Marist. So they lost against Binghamton and Marist. Binghamton? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't even know what Maris is, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. Maris, man, Red Foxes, Poughkeepsie. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying so, it's located in Poughkeepsie, New York. Okay, and Maris, I Red no, Foxes. I had no idea it was a New York team. To be honest with you, Maris. Well, there you go. Um, I well, I think I think we'll be okay. It's a two o'clock game, like you said, and um, wait, great analysis. Great analysis, bro. Way, they have, way to give us they the have, heads up. Uh, they have at least 12 scholarship players. Jeez. <laughs> oh, they have um, five guys that are going to start. There you go. Okay. Probably probably four in double digits. No, I don't got nothing, man. I'm sorry. 
it's all good. It's all. It's good. Colgate, man. So here, let me. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna give you this. One. I'm gonna throw you a line right now, just real quick. Um, last yeah, week why we are you talked, trying to clown me, make no, me look stupid. No, I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not at all. I'm not at all. I'm. I'm. Um, we talked last week about about the Giants Raiders game and how they were sitting Eli Manning. So now that they sat Eli Manning and destroyed his starting streak for like since 2004, it's 200 and something games, right? So since they destroyed that, now they fired the coaches. Now Eli Manning's going to start. How do you feel about that? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> knock, knock. I'm here. <laughs> I'm just glad that those clowns are gone. Oh my gosh, they were so bad. They're so I can't bad. believe it. I told I told my wife that you thought, um, but what the hell is his name? Buffoon. Ben McAdoo. McAdoo. Um, yeah. I told uh, my wife that uh, you thought McAdoo. I said, "Do you think McAdoo looks like a used car salesman?" And she just she just looked took one look at him and started laughing. It's so funny. <laughs> so oh yeah, uh, you know, and the Raiders they barely pulled that game off. How disappointing is that for me? Jeez, dude, W's a W, man. I mean, I guess was that home. I mean, too? I didn't. I honestly didn't really. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I don't like the way they handled it, but at the end of the day, as a Giants fan, I'm I'm trying to get a good draft pick here. Yeah, We're not gonna is, make the playoffs at this point. Well, I mean, I mean, I was, I felt bad for Eli because of the type of guy that he is. I felt um, terrible for him, and I don't. I mean, it's whatever to me. You know, I mean, the, he he got benched, and obviously was emotional, had his stuff going on, and the next day he wakes up early, goes to practice to help Geno Smith prepare for, you know, the next game. That's what kind of pro he is. You know what I mean? Little yeah. did he know that Geno Smith, you could, you don't got enough time. There's <laughs> not enough time in the time in the world to prepare him. Yeah, well, so he didn't my whole terrible. thing was I knew I knew he was gonna I knew we were gonna lose when they said he was gonna start. So to me, I just knew it was gonna be another loss to get us closer to try to catch Cleveland Browns in that uh, loss column. Now you but ain't catching them? No, I don't think they're we running are, away with that that award. They damn sure are by two games. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So you guys right. got the W. Um, Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese got fired, so You'll seems like win, seems win. like the Eli Manning's back to uh, under the center this week. So it seems like the stars are starting to get back to where they're supposed to be aligned. Yep, um, it's a win. By the way, the most embarrassing season ever as a Giants fan, ever. Really? That I can, that I can remember. Really? Oh, I, I remember when I was younger having to endure the Ken Graham and Dave Brown days. Oh, that was Dave pretty bad. Brown, I remember that. You know, middle mid nineties. Well, they also um, won a Super Bowl in, in the early nineties. No, they won the Super Bowl in the early nineties with uh, Jeff Hostetler against the Bills. But I mean, that was ninety ninety one during the Gulf War, um, and then it didn't take to like X Raider Jeff Hostetler. Yep, yep, yep. Our, wait, but after, no, no. After that, we were trash, bro. No, Jeff Hostetler went to the Raiders. Went after. to the Raiders after, yeah. Um, but we were trashed after that, man. So, yeah, I don't know what to tell you until we got Kerry Collins in like the late yeah, 90s. Kerry Collins so. was your savior for a while. <laughs> yeah, but the mid, the mid 90s, a was too, a, come to think of it, the mid, yeah, the mid 90s was just a, a freaking quarterback carousel for a while, and it was pretty embarrassing. But this year is just, whew, 
<laughs> what they did to Eli, they should be ashamed of what they did to that guy. I think it's a, a travesty. He killed the oh, guy's God. streak like that. It's so unnecessary. Oh my Dude, God. Dude, 210 games, man. Why there's got to be. There's got to be an the ball off once or something. There's got to be an asterisk. I can't let him, you couldn't like, let him play one series? Well, he didn't want to because they went and talked to him about it. And to him, it's not about the streak. He wants to go out there and play and win. They went and told him that they'd start him, yeah, but they were going to end up pulling him. Yeah, I hear you. He doesn't want to hear that. Get out of here with that garbage. Yeah, well, he should be in the record books. There should be an asterisk. And then underneath a- where the asterisk, asterisk is, it's just, it should say dumbass with a picture of McAdoo. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, asterisks don't mean a whole lot when it comes to streaks being broken. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, whatever. I mean, I get it, dude. I'd be pissed if I was you. All right. Well, yeah, I am that pissed. was fun. Never going to buy a I car from mean, him. I didn't, I didn't mean to razz you off. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's it for episode 42. So we'll be back. We've got Colgate coming to, coming to the Dome. And um, then we have a week off Saturday. So we'll, we won't play Georgetown until the following Saturday. So we'll be back in between then. So for Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace. You just heard the Hughes Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? 
and the Coast Guard. We think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Mm-hmm.